So we are recording this just a couple days before Halloween. So my question tonight, um, what was your worst Halloween costume? Uh, there's just two of us tonight. <laughs> um, Matt, why don't you start off? It was... It- it was a costume that I put together at the last minute because I was at that age where I couldn't decide if I was too old for trick-or-treating or not. Um, so finally, at the last minute, I decided I was going to dress up and go trick-or-treating, and I dressed up as a nerd, which is ironic. Um, like, I put tape on the bridge of my glasses. I hiked my jeans up, which at that point in my life didn't have to go very far. Um had the rolled up cuffs, bright white socks, and I believe my dad even found a uh, <clears throat> like a pocket protector that I was able to put uh, some pens in my pocket. So that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you actually, when you first started talking about it, you kind of unlocked a memory <laughs> oh, of a no. different Halloween costume. Kind of the same thing. <laughs> like I was kind of too. Uh, at that age, I was kind of too old, but uh, but we ended up going trick or treating anyway. But I'm not going to talk about that one. This one, <laughs> um, I was in, I think, like fifth grade. Same kind of deal. Like it was a very last minute costume. Um, a f- friend of mine from school asked if I wanted to go trick or treating in his neighborhood, and I was like, "Yeah, I need to figure out what I'm going to wear." <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. So, I decided to go as a zombie. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Only problem was the my shirt was uh, cut up. It was an orange shirt that my mom used to have because, you know, like we're destroying a shirt where, yeah, um, we ain't buying anything new. So um, we cut up the shirt and everything. And I I must have been wearing like a black T-shirt underneath, you know, whatever. Mm. Long story short, all the cut-ups, they kind of were more like triangles. I just looked like a dead Fred Flintstone. Oh, no. Yeah. And that's what like a couple of houses thought that I was. They were like, oh, that's kind of weird. And yeah, I, not not my brightest moment. Not my proudest moment. Not what you were shooting for. No, okay. not, not at all. I mean, at least you turned out like a dead Fred Flintstone instead of just like a badly carved pumpkin that is true <laughs> that is true you yabba dabba do have a good point it's a good thing it's just the two of us because i think that would have earned a shame oh 100 <laughs> percent you're listening to the geek awakens with mitch matt Lydia. And ticket. All right. So we have a big show um, that won't be as big if it's just the two of us. <laughs> right. you know? um, but we're going to start off with we got a little bit of news from Vault and I'm usually pretty good about forwarding this kind of stuff to you guys. I don't think that I did with either of these. No, I don't think so. So, 
Vault Comics has announced that their hit series Resonant is being developed into a TV series for the BET Plus streaming platform. Oh. Uh, co-created by David Andre with artists uh, Alejandro Aragon and Skylar Partridge, Resonant tells the story of single father Paxton, who goes on a quest to get medicine for his chronically ill youngest son. Uh, the family lives in a world with chaos, filled with chaos thanks to the waves, which unleashes humanity's darkest impulses. We've read... Uh, a few issues mm-hmm. of Resident for the show. Uh, it's a fantastic series. It's one that I've wanted to go back, revisit, and even finish. Um, but I am stoked for this series. Um, the only issue with it being on a yet another streaming platform <laughs> is at least they're going to at least get a month out of me yeah, for it. Definitely, because that that was. That was one of those early series that we got from Vault. It was just, Mm -hmm. it was so good. And the way that every issue kind of left you hanging, pulled you further in, like answered questions but gave you more. Like I I, I just hope they do the comic book justice with the series and are able to follow that that feel. Yeah. Yeah, 1,000%. Also... From Vault, they have announced uh, the Year of Axe, which Axe is everyone's favorite bloodthirsty weapon from the series Barbaric. What? Yes. Uh, This year-long event will see two new Barbaric arcs. The uh, first Barbaric spinoff, Queen of Swords, a a huge one-shot written by fantasy author Nicholas Eames, Mm. as well as the release of uh, trade paperback Barbaric Collections, uh, this series has been a favorite of ours, uh, and in fact, like we had, we were given so much stuff to read this week between Vault and Oni Press, and I wanted to read uh, the third issue of Barbaric that came out today. <laughs> I wanted to, you know, to read that. I ended up not doing it, but this the series is so fun. X is probably my favorite character in this. So yeah, X is just I I. Yeah, Axe is just such a, a, a fantastic character for being an inanimate object. It's just amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So um, let's open up the pull list. And like I mentioned, we've got um, we're, we're talking about three different books today. But like there are so many other uh, graphic novels that were released this week, especially mm-hmm. from Oni Press, um, that we just we, we just we couldn't talk about it. Uh, but we're going to stick with Vault for this first one. Um, and that is the Nightfall double feature. It's out now from Vault. Uh, it features two stories. The Cemeterians, written by Daniel Kraus with art by Mon House. And Denizen, written by Tim Daniel and David Andre with art by Chris Sheehan. Uh, so this spooky double feature tells two stories. One is about this um, scientist and uh, Theo... Uh, like. She's not, she keeps saying that she's not a reverend. But yeah, yeah. I, I would say probably theologian is probably a theologian. Good, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, honestly, real talk, I wasn't for sure if I was pronouncing it right. That's why I stopped saying it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, so they investigate why human bones start growing inside inanimate objects. Uh, in the second story, a family vacation goes wrong thanks to a malevolent force inside an abandoned camping trailer. Um... Both of these stories were so good. They both 
ended on cliffhangers, and I was very not happy about it. Because, <laughs> um, like, I just... Going into it, I kind of had the vibe that these were going to be, like, two one-shots, and we would get, you know, the entire creepy story. Mm-hmm. But no... Um, yeah, especially between the two, I think... I liked the story of the Cemeterians better than Denizen. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, I liked the art of Denizen better than I did the Cemeterians. The Cemeterians, the the biggest issue that I had with that one is that it's very dark. Um, the the artist or the uh, inker chose, you know, dark colors, which, I mean, it's fine. I was able to still mostly make everything out, but, you know, it... it Kind of made things a little confusing, um, but the story itself is just—it's—it's it's eerie, it's creepy. I like it. Uh, with Denizen, um, th- I feel like this one's going to be kind of a slow burn. Whereas with the Cemeterians, you know right off the bat basically um, what the issue is, even though we don't know what causes it. Yeah. With Denizen, it was a slow burn. Um, I think you know we're going to have to wait a couple issues to really get to the 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 meat and potatoes about this. I'm sorry I said that. Um, Matt, what did you think? Um I, I think I have to agree with you just on that first on that one point of the plot or the story of cemeterians and then the art of denizens like as far as if I had to rank, you know, those. Um I definitely thought that reading this that it was kind of like you said, it was going to be two one shots or it was going to be two, essentially two parts to the story. And we were going to get the whole arc. Um, so when I got to the end of cemeterians and it gives you this little page, that's like intermission. It's like an old school movie theater. I loved that by the way. I do love that page, but it made me so mad because I wanted more story. Like I wanted to know, um, yeah, there's there's something about that one that, like, you know something weird is going on, but you just have no idea what it is, um, and I and I need to know more. Um, Denizen, yeah, I, I I have to agree too that that's definitely going to be one of these slow burn. Um, what is going to happen with this trailer just being out in the middle of nowhere that has this thing like living inside of it? I don't know. It's um, these were both excellent, and I am already looking forward to uh, future issues of both. Yeah. So now we're going to switch to Oni Press, um, and what we decided to do, um, we decided to each read a different graphic novel, um, just so that we could try to cover as much ground as possible. So, Matt, you're going to talk about Area 510. It's written by Jay Farber with art by Justin Greenwood. Um, you're going to have to describe it a little bit. I'm guessing with Area 510, <laughs> we're talking aliens. Uh, we are definitely talking aliens. Um, and also, Area 510 apparently is uh, the Oakland, California zip code. Oh, so okay. it takes place in Oakland, California, which I didn't know until I opened it up and says Oakland, California. And is like, hey, here's the um, let me see if I can find that first page. Yeah, it says Oakland, California, population 435, 224, area code 510. So dun, you learned dun, something. Dun. Right? I know. Um, area, area 510 is um, essentially it's a rookie cop. Um who is driving around Oakland with his partner slash 
mentor basically. Um, and the, the mentor kind of like screws them a little bit at the beginning, like just hazing, like you would expect to get. Um, and literally like all hell breaks loose. Um, it's, it's just like, they almost like a carjacking for a police car. Um, these guys are trying to get something that is in the back of the cop car, which honestly you had no idea was even back there until this all happens. Um, and the next thing, you know, aliens, like I, I feel like that meme (laughs) (laughs) because like, I didn't know what was going on. And then all of a sudden aliens. Um, so at that point, the mentor spoiler, I guess, um, is no longer with us. And the rookie cop and the, uh, lady that they had, arrested who's in the back of the cop car are now trying to escape and get to the safety of the police station while dodging aliens through the city of Oakland. Um, this was fun. It was a good fun romp. Um, it did end a little abruptly for me. Um, I, I didn't feel like I got the resolution that I was really hoping for. So I'm kind of hoping that there's a part two to this. Um, but, uh, I mean, Ward, who is our main character, um, is is fun because he is he's literally right off right right out of uh, training camp or whatever for cops. Um, he's new to this, trying to figure it all out, and now he has to deal with aliens too. So his day is just getting better and better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This was this was one that like I. I saved. I'm like, I'm going to read this. <laughs> I'm very excited to read it. And just, you know, kind of giving your um, <clears throat> review of it. I, it makes me excited. I actually, I had started. So the book that I'm going to talk about, I actually read last week and I'll get to it in a second. But um, I had started a couple of other stories <laughs> from Oni Press. Um, <clears throat> Open Bar, which... Uh, is it's fun. I'm maybe like 20, 30 pages into it. Um, but yeah, like I, I originally wanted to read something that was fresher in my mind, Mm. but then I got tired, but, um, (laughs) area Five Ten is definitely on that list and I'm very excited. But, uh, the book that I'm going to talk about, it's called dancing on the volcano, uh, written and drawn by, I, I'm going to mispronounce this name and I apologize. Uh, floor de Gode. Um, so, Dancing on the Volcano, it still tells its semi-autobiographical story. Um, it centers around this character named Flo, who is a uh, comic artist, but also a photographer. And basically, this tells three separate stories in Flo's life. Um, and the first one deals with um, a volcano, and he's, he's on this trip uh taking pictures for this uh travel like travel guide or whatever and uh and basically this is his first time away from his boyfriend for like for an extended period of time so he's nervous he doesn't know what to do you know like all he wants to do is get back home you know (laughs) um but like these stories were just they were funny at times there's like a couple parts that are like absolutely heartbreaking. Um, this was a really, really well done story. Um, I loved the art. 
almost simplistic, but at the same time, you know, like really detailed. Uh, the only thing that did bug me about it is I didn't, I didn't know going into it that the three chapters, while yeah, they're connected, mm-hmm. but not really. Um, so I started chapter two being like, wait, what? I, I, <laughs> huh? And, and then I had to go back and reread like the last couple pages of the first chapter and then I finally realized, oh, okay. So, so like we skipped, you know, a few months or however oh. indeterminate amount of time, uh, and, and you didn't tell me, Flo. <laughs> and then I made the same mistake for between <laughs> chapters two and three. Um, I get to chapter three, and like I'm like, wait, wait a second, did I miss something? I, I missed something. I missed something. I go back. No, I didn't miss anything. I go back to reading, and then I get like a page past where I had my mini panic attack, <laughs> and then I realize, okay, you finally did explain things. Awesome. But um, but yeah, especially you know, especially that first story. But really, with all three of these stories, you get this where Flo is finding himself. And I think that that is something that anybody can relate to, you know, Um, I'm way closer to 40 than 30 and it still makes me really sad, but um, (laughs) uh, it's not so bad once you get there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to take your word for it for right now, (laughs) but, um, uh, but I'm still finding myself. I'd venture to say that, Matt, you're still finding yourself. I'm venture to say that anybody listening to this is still find, trying to find themselves. So this is a story that is relatable just because, you know, that the main characters are gay doesn't mean that you can't still relate to it, right. you know? Yep. So, uh, but yeah, fantastic book. Uh, might even be one of the ones you know, that I end up, like, buying IRL as well. Nice. Um, okay. But yeah. All right. It's time for Trailer Takedown, and we have four movies to talk about, Um, and I was trying to figure out the best way to break these up, because we've got like two Marvel movies going up against two non-Marvel movies, but then we also have two Christmas movies going up against two (laughs) non-Christmas movies. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. So I went... Christmas versus non-Christmas. Okay. First matchup is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania uh, versus A Man Called Otto, which I had, like, I was I was kind of, w- not weirded out, but, like, when I saw this trailer, which, like, I chose this one because I was like, oh, Tom Hanks. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a Tom Hanks movie. Yeah, why not? Um, everybody loves Tom Hanks. Um, but then I was like, a man caught, called Otto. That sounds awfully like a man called Ove, which um, I am completely blanking on the author's name. It's Frederick. Frederick is. It's not Bateman, is it? Uh, no, because I, all I can think is Beartown, which is another one of his books, and that's not. Yeah. But anyway, surprise, surprise. We're not. Uh, we're not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Uh, about a third way into the trailer, it even says, based on the book, A Man Called Ove. So I was like, okay, so yeah, it, it is. Um, Backman. Backman, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Internet. <laughs> Possibly my favorite part of this trailer was seeing Tom Hanks 
you know, the Tom mm-hmm. Hanks play a mean crotchety <laughs> a-hole and I was here for it. <laughs> uh, a Man Called Ove is a book that's been kind of on my TBR for a minute. Um, I'm kind of sort of reading Anxious People right now by the same author. Um, it's one of those that I was reading for a little bit, put it down to start a new book. Um, just like timing wise, it was like, oh man, I really want to start this one. So I did that and I haven't gone back to Anxious People yet, but it's so far it's really good. Uh, but anyway, uh, this trailer, it looks it looks heartwarming. Um, I am... I feel like I'd be pulling a Tabitha if I see this movie in theaters. I might cry. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, it just, it looks really good. And it makes, it, this trailer has made A Man Call Ove uh, move like quite a few notches on my TBR. Whether or not I actually get to it by the time <laughs> the movie comes out, that is a different story. Uh, like I said, that's going up against Quantumania. Um, I love Ant-Man. I've loved his first two movies, and I'm sure I'm going to end up loving this movie, but I don't know. I don't know what it was about this trailer, but I'm just like, I don't, I was about to say, I don't think it's Marvel fatigue, but it might be Marvel fatigue. (laughs) I might have finally gotten here, Um, especially with all the series I've been churning out on Disney Plus to the point where it's just, it's impossible to to watch everything, and this you know, I've been spoiled on Loki, so I know that one of the characters in this movie uh, is featured, not prominently, but like, you know, he's he's a big Loki spoiler. So I don't know if that's part of the reason why I'm not super excited about this movie, because I know that like, oh, for me to truly appreciate it, I'm gonna have to go back and finish Loki, and <laughs> like, I want to, I love Lo- the Lo- the character, and Tom Hiddleston is, does a fantastic job as Loki, but I'm just like, Oh, but Disney Plus, why are you making me do everything? <laughs> so, um, I am sure that once we get closer to, like, if we do um, a second trailer for um, Quantumania mm-hmm. as it gets closer to, I am sure that it's going to score higher. But um, even though it's based, even though A Man Called Otto is based off of a book, so it's still not completely wholly original um for what we typically talk about it's it's more original than a lot of the other stuff we talk about yep. so um i am giving a man called Otto eight points whoa and quantum mania too okay yeah all right where are you at i'm gonna have to agree that this is hard um because i did not realize that this was based on a man called ove um until part of the way through the trailer um i was The moment I saw that it was Tom Hanks, I'm like, I'm here for it. Everything he does is fantastic. Um, And then watching him be grumpy and cranky and crotchety and an asshole was just fantastic. And then that cat gets at him from underneath Uh, the car. (laughs) Didn't even say at one point, it's like... I have a cat now. Like at that moment, they had like peeks out of the box. (laughs) He's like not happy about it, but he has a cat. Um, And then like the family that moves in and how they like try and bring him out of his shell. Um, That moment in the trailer where he gets into the car to try and back up the, uh, the trailer so that they can move in. And the little girls are in the back seat and she goes, what's your name? He goes, 
my name is Otto, O-T-T-O. She goes, my name is Abby, O-T-T-O. <laughs> like, you have met your match in this little girl. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's, I think you're right, though. I think it's going to be one of those you see it in theaters, you're probably going to cry because you're going to have feelings. Ant-Man, Quantumania. I'm super excited to see this kick off not really kick off, but like give us more Kang as this new big bad for the next phase of Marvel movies. Um, Gives you Kang for your buck. More Kang for your buck. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not proud of that one, but it's not bad. Exactly. (laughs) Like the two people who get the most shames should not be in a room by themselves. No shame free. Like we've, Honestly, we've done pretty well for ourselves tonight. <laughs> we have. This could, could be have been a, a completely different show. And we've still got time. We do. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, it could be Marvel fatigue. It could be the fact that I still haven't gone back and watched Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um to get a better feel for some of those tertiary characters mm-hmm. um that are gonna play a larger role in this movie. Um I don't know. I I think I, I, I'm kind of with you that maybe if we get a second trailer, we get closer to release, I'm going to be more excited about Ant-Man. But at this point, I'm going to go seven for A Man Called Otto and three for Ant-Man. Because it's his third movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I am shocked, again, because it's you and me. <laughs> I am shocked that that's the way we voted. That's the way we voted. And the fact that an MCU movie scored that low. Right. But a man called Otto wins 15 to five. So that's going to face the winner of the Santa Clauses versus the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Um, Now, with the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, uh, Marvel fatigue has not set in <laughs> because I was going to agree on the yeah. exact same point. Yeah. Um, you know, like the, uh, problematicness of Chris. It's a me, Mario Pratt. Um, all that aside, mm-hmm. you know, like I just, I, I loved this trailer. I think it's, it's, it's not going to take itself seriously, which it shouldn't. Um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, this will also get us uh, excited for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, mm-hmm. which is going to be coming up here pretty soon. Uh, but at the same time, I loved the Santa Clauses. I loved the trailer for that. Um, it was... The the trailer was almost cringeworthy at times, mm-hmm. you know? But, like cringeworthy in a good way like i don't know what what song did they use um but yeah yeah, i don't remember but like the song that they used you know kept talking about slay like (laughs) s-l-a-y you know um but obviously we're we're using that song to reference Santa Slay, uh, but like I don't know, I, I'm I'm interested in this idea of evil Santa, 
you know, or whatever that's like making all the elves disappear. Uh, calling it right now, Cal Penn is going to be the new Santa. Um, I think that that's how they're going, which I'm I'm here for that. That would be fun. Um, also, I was pretty sure that we already knew that Bernard was going to be coming back for this, but still, I went the entire trailer and I was like, where's Bernard? And then at the very end, there was Bernard! Yay! Um, played by friend of the show david crumholtz even though some people <laughs> still didn't believe that we were in the same elevator with him but you know what it's fine it's fine it's fine um but yeah like regardless um with both of these shows uh disney plus is going to have my attention during the holiday season uh but i am giving guardians of the galaxy six and santa Claus's four matt where are your points um so the the Santa Claus, the first one, is one of those classic holiday movies for me. I not every year, but I have to watch it pretty regularly. Like every couple of years, I need to watch that movie again. Um, and uh, like the second and third ones essentially don't really even exist in my life. Like I don't even know what they're about. Yeah. I don't even know that I've ever seen the third one. I know I've seen two like right. a few times and while it's nowhere near as good as the first one, it's it's all right. Yeah. Um so that said, like I I struggle with this in part because this feels like it picks up after the third movie and I don't have really any reference for what happens after part 1 really. Yeah. I don't think you're going to need that though. I think you'll be alright. I think we'll be all right too. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It, it does look fun with the idea of him trying to retire and obviously having a struggle with that. Like he does at the coffee shop. Um, <laughs> and then when he tries to order, like what's the name for the order? Santa. Uh-huh. My job is hard enough as it is. <laughs> barista like, was like not having girl, it. Preach. <laughs> I've never been a barista, but still I feel that in my soul. <laughs> Um, I, I'm I'm intrigued to see who the evil evil Santa is, um, because we we definitely did not get any of that in the trailer. Um, so I I will probably sit down and watch this. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. This is no Star Wars holiday special by any stretch. Um, <laughs> this this is the full hilarity of the Guardians of the Galaxy, like all just compressed into this special. Um, the obvious, um, like I, I, the, I can't think what the term is, uh, but putting Drax and Mantis on earth by themselves Mm -hmm. is such a recipe for disaster, but it's going to be hilarious. Like as you already saw with them trying to, um, get Kevin Bacon, (laughs) who is playing Kevin Bacon, which, you know, just more people to add to the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, I guess. Um, <laughs> but this does. This looks like it's not going to take itself too seriously. It's going to be fun. Um, and yeah, That's even scary. though. No, I'm don't need your help. Too. Don't need your help, Siri. Um, despite the Marvel fatigue for Ant-Man, not feeling it for this holiday special. Um, so I am going to go Seven for Guardians holiday special and three for the Santa Clauses. 
All right. So with a score of seven to 13, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special moves on. Like I said, it's going to meet uh, face a man called Otto. This was tough because I'm I'm excited for both of these. Um, but at the end of the day, I gave more points to the movie that realistically I could watch at any time during the year. Mm. With Guardians of the Galaxy, really, you got about a month a year to be able to watch it. So I am giving A Man Called Otto six points. Guardians of the Galaxy gets four. Um, it was... It was very tough. I wanted to just go five and five, but I just, I couldn't. Are we going to tie? Uh, we're not going to tie, but I'm going to echo you exactly. Um, <laughs> because I, I, the, the point is, yes, that Guardians is going to be a very limited time of the year. Um, a Man Called Otto. It, I also think A Man Called Otto is going to be one of those that resonates with a lot of people on a lot of different levels. Um because not just Tom Hanks, but because of the type of character that he appears to be playing. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say six for Otto and four for Guardians. Yeah. So with a score of 12 to eight, again, especially with (laughs) us, with us, a very surprising, a man called Otto wins (laughs) this week's trailer takedown. Um, The world is flipped on its head. Yeah. Uh, Not going to lie, though. All I want to see in the world is Otto meet um, Mr. Rogers, also played by Tom Hanks. (laughs) I've never seen that movie. I haven't either, but that's not really a shocker for me because I've seen like five movies in my life, (laughs) and three of them have been Power Rangers. Um, And the other two are are Marvel movies. Yeah, exactly. So... Let's get into some gut reaction. And for as much as we talked about Marvel, uh, DC is dominating um, the stories this week. But we're not going to start with Marvel. Um, We're starting, actually, we're going to keep with Disney for a half second. Because they announced earlier uh, on Sunday, we saw um, Jodie Whittaker's Doctor regenerate uh very good episode very sad um very excited to see what happens i'm not going to spoil it in case you haven't seen it uh but when we do get new episodes of doctor who we can turn to disney plus disney plus will be the new home outside of the uk and ireland um disney plus will be the new home of new doctor who stories um most recently it's been on amc plus but it's kind of bounced around um giving this a giant thumbs up because for a while i had amc plus because of doctor who but i'm like but i don't want it now with disney plus it's something that i already have um currently um the the um, episodes that are on HBO Max, which are the um, older episodes of the new incarnation of Doctor Who, mm. so from 2005 on. Um, and then I think it's BritBox that has any classic episodes that are available. Okay. Um, those two services will continue to have those, I'm assuming, until um, those deals end. Okay. And at that point, 
I assume that it's going to go to Disney Plus. But regardless, a giant thumbs up. Um, hopefully, the money that Disney is spending on Doctor Who um, will lead to bigger and better things. Um, even though the production value has gotten better over the years, um, especially like Christopher Eccleston's year and most of David Tennant's run was like laughably bad. Um, but like... It was, but that's some of the charm. That was some of the charm, yes. But uh, but yeah, so like, I'm here for it. I cannot wait, Matt. Um, I am also very excited about this. Um, I tried to watch um, Whitaker's final season as it was released. Um, and it was on HBO Max at the time. Um, all of the episodes aired. And then for whatever reason, it disappeared off of HBO Max. And I had forgotten about it until just recently when it is now back on HBO Max. So the fact that it will have a permanent home on Disney Plus, I'm very excited about. Um, I, yeah, I, I hopefully that this does allow for bigger and better things and more expansion of the Hooniverse. Um, but I am, I am going to go thumbs up for this. Yes. Two thumbs, just like the doctor has two hearts. Um, but yeah, so our next chunk of stories all deal with DC. And um, Matt, we're going to start with you. The new, basically, the DCEU is dead. Yeah, the DCEU is dead. Long live the DC universe. Um, Warner Brothers. Um, I mean, we've talked about this, that Warner Brothers has been looking for its own Kevin Feige um, for a long time. Um, and it turns out that they have essentially found two people that will make up Kevin Feige. Um, James Gunn and Peter Safran are going to co-run the new DC studios. Essentially, they're going to lead everything DC Film, television, animation, all of it. Um, they're going to report directly to the Warner Brothers Discovery CEO and president. So basically what they say for DC goes. Um, I, I don't know. I, I we, We've seen what James Gunn can do with Marvel properties. Um he did do the most recent Suicide Squad, um, which I have not seen. Have you seen? Yes. Yes. Surprisingly good. Okay. Well, apparently James Gunn has that magic touch when it comes to these things. Um, but they're also going to revamp the DCEU into the DC universe. Um, uh, at this point, anything to help straighten out the DCEU and the DC universe and the movies and films and all of that, I think is going to be a good thing. Um, because every time you turn around, like, I know that Marvel just recently delayed a bunch of movies, but those are movies that are two, three, four years out. Like Marvel's or DC's like, um, it's supposed to happen in six months and we're going to push it back a year and a half. Like you got to have a little bit better foresight. And I'm hoping that these two will be able to do that for DC. So I'm going to say thumbs up as we see what they have in store. Yeah. Um, I'm giving a very cautious thumbs up. Um, I'm still, I'm still not happy with what uh, Warner Brothers Discovery did to Batgirl, and fair as well as like a bunch of stuff 
you know, on on HBO Max and and others. Uh, but if this ends up, if this ends up being like actually what happens, one thousand percent here for it. Uh, James Gunn, I. I read an article earlier today, and basically it talked about how Marvel temporarily firing James Gunn <laughs> was like the best thing to happen to DC. Um, but yeah, but like you know, we we've seen what James Gunn has done with Guardians of the Galaxy. James Gunn did really well with the Suicide Squad. Uh, James Gunn uh, made Peacemaker, which was a show that I was like, I'm not gonna watch this. And then people were like, being like, uh, it's actually kind of good. And I was like, fine, I'll watch it. And then I was like, oh wow, it's actually pretty good. Um, but yeah, so like he made Peacemaker good. Um, so yeah, like I, I have full faith that he will, um, do really, really good things with the DC universe. Um, speaking of, so, there's been a lot of talk back and forth over Henry Cavill, whether or not he's going to continue to be Superman, whether they're going to reboot Superman, you know, whatever. Um, so he, Henry Cavill confirmed, I believe it was via Instagram, probably ended up on all the social medias, um, talking about that he will indeed play Superman in future DC installments. Um, I'm not going to give a spoiler away. Never mind. I, I I was spoiled on it because I, I yeah I was too okay all right so so you know yep so I also know who spoiled it who spoiled it you, you want me to spoil who spoiled it sure the Rock oh yeah of course he did he gave away his own spoiler yeah of course he did but yeah <laughs> which apparently DC wasn't thrilled about. <laughs> But yeah, so if you haven't heard already, Henry Cavill portrayed Superman in Black Adam. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to see the movie yet. Uh, I've so far from what I've heard, like critics hate it, audiences really like the really critics score, it. the 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 Rotten Tomatoes, the critic the fan score is like twice what the critic score is. So um, I'm giving this a thumbs up. Um, I think Henry Cavill has gotten. A bit of a bad shake when it comes to um, when it comes to his portrayal of Superman uh, and things that are n- not in his fault at all. Um, it's just kind of a matter of circumstances. And so, if you know, if, if he continues to be Superman, awesome. Um, you know, let's let's see what happens under you know under James Gunn. Mm. So. All right, so moving from Superman to Green Lantern, um, they it's been reported that the Green Lantern series, which I believe was going to be on HBO Max, mm-hmm. um, was originally going to center on Guy Gardner and Alan Scott. Now the focus is being shifted to focus on Jon Stewart. No, not the guy who used to host Daily Show. <laughs> um, I'm giving this a thumbs sideways uh i love green lantern um i will still watch this show when it comes out uh i do feel like john stewart he was the focus of at least one of the animated series i believe yeah, and I like so. also he was like the green lantern in like the just uh justice league animated series yep. um so like while I don't hate the idea of this live action series focusing on Jon Stewart. Uh, it would have been cool to see Guy Gardner kind of get the spotlight. Um, he does kind of 
he's almost like an afterthought i think sometimes um and then like with alan scott alan scott's kind of like that weird character because when he like he was green lantern before the current incarnation of green lanterns (laughs) were a thing like his green lantern is very different and i think over the years they've kind of changed that slightly so like i was interested to see their stories and to see how you know like they can be portrayed. So I'm kind of bummed at in that regard, but at the same time, I'm I, I'm here for it. it. It's not, I'm not upset to the point where I'm like, screw you, John Stewart. Like, yeah. no, I'm still excited, but still eh, mostly them sideways. What do you think? Um, I mean, everybody knows Hal Jordan. Um, you know, I think John Stewart is probably for those of us that are like not as initiated in Green Lantern like the second most popular name as far as Green Lanterns go. And then at least for me, Guy Gardner. Um, So like, I know that he has had some screen time in these animated series. Um, I I think this will be good for them. And I hope that they get a a good enough plot to carry a full show um, instead of just trying to make what should have been a movie like, into an eight episode series. Um, so, but also again, now that we have James Gunn and uh, Saffron at the head of this, you know, the uptick is a little bit greater. So I, I think I'm just going to go thumbs up and, and think positively. That's fair. Um, Matt, your other story tonight, we talked about it off air. It's not going to be the same without Tabitha. It's not. But actually, you know what? No, no. We'll 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 keep it. I was going to I was going to do a real quick flip-flop and <laughs> do a different story real quick. But um but yeah, it's not going to be the same without Tabitha, but what did George R. R. Martin say this time? Um he provided an update on Winds of Winter. <gasps> right? Which he probably should have not been giving an update and kept writing. Um, but he is now saying that it is, uh, about 75% done and it's the biggest book yet. I don't know how much of that I believe. Um, you know, he said storm of swords and dance with dragons. Those were about 1500 pages and this one is going to be bigger. So we're just going to end up with two volumes. I don't know. Um, it, uh, this is another one of those like I will believe it when I see it because 75% is still not done and to the editor. So I'm going to go thumbs down for George R. R. Martin. Stop talking about what you're doing and just do it. Yep. Um, How long has it been now? Oh, I don't have any idea since the last one was, was released. Mm hmm. I mean, more than a decade, right? Yeah, I think so. All I'm getting at is George. Just you and me, man to man, right now. I am not an author. I'm not a writer. 11 years at this point. 11 years at this point. George, I'm not a writer. I could have turned out Winds of Winter by now. I don't even care about the Game of Thrones series or anything like that. But like, bro, bro, <laughs> bro. Just finish it. Yeah. 
Like, I know I procrastinate a lot. <laughs> I get that. Some say it's part of my charm. I say it's part of my charm. <laughs> but seriously, just get James Gunn to write it. It's fine. You just be done. Just be done. Just be done. Thumbs down. <laughs> thumbs down, George R. R. Martin. <laughs> You can get a thumbs up when the Winds of Winter is completed. How about that? <laughs> so we've got one last story to talk about tonight. Um, you remember that really weird animated movie centering around food called Sausage Party? I never saw it, but yes, I know. Yeah. It was like a Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. It was R-rated. Yeah. Yeah. Which got a lot of press because... Parents were real upset about that because yeah. they didn't pay attention. Yeah, which um, while, yeah, um, weird, but at the same time, parents, maybe do a little bit of research. <laughs> just just like you did with Deadpool. But anyway. <laughs> that worked out so well. Yeah. So um, get ready for a whole new generation of kiddos to be scarred <laughs> because um, it was announced that Amazon is um, going to be having a, the, the streaming service will have an animated series spinoff to Sausage Party called Sausage Party Foodtopia. Why? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's going to star... Um, Seth Rogen, Kristen Wiig, Michael Sarah, uh, friend of the show David Crumholtz, and uh, Edward Norton are all returning. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know that Dave was in the. I didn't know yeah. he was either. Yeah. Um, but this new uh, series, I mean, I, I think it's yeah, it is a series. Um, will feature Will Forte, Sam Richardson, Nata- Natasha Rothwell, and Yasser Lester. Um, yeah. So we don't know any of the plot details. Neither um, did they? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's kept under wraps, uh, just like you know slices of cheese. Uh, <laughs> and so we don't know yet if this is going to be a direct sequel, a prequel, a spinoff. Um, I mean, I I don't think it'll be a spinoff if that much of the main cast is returning for it. Um, I think we're looking at least at a prequel or a sequel. Mm. Um, if it's a sequel, I am going to be scared because how much of that food is going to be moldy now. Um, <laughs> Seen better days. Yeah. But like, <clears throat> did Sausage Party even do well? I don't, I couldn't tell you because I never saw it and I didn't know that it was, I, I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, in this day and age, we're like literally... Everybody has a streaming service, which this would be a good time for me to mention. Uh, launching next month, The Geek Awakens Plus. <laughs> Only nine ninety nine a month. I'm no, not really. Finally going to make some money. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, everything has a, its own streaming service these days. So, like, yeah, like these these properties that didn't do well, the theaters, you know, m- may have a chance to have a, you know, like a revival or whatever. But, like... We don't need a revival for Sausage Party. Uh, so the budget was nineteen million dollars, and it made almost a hundred million. 
a hundred million dollars worth of people said, "Hey, let's go watch Sausage Party in the theaters." I guess so. My favorite part about this is it says budget nineteen million dollars estimated opening weekend thirty four million dollars gross. Yeah, it was ninety seven point six million dollars worldwide. It only made one hundred and forty. Oh, so the so it only made like forty three million dollars overseas, like elsewhere besides the United States, like less than half. So yet another um, <laughs> bit of proof that the rest of the world is smarter than the United States. Right. Um, but still, but like, I don't know. Are we going to have to do sausage party as like a dumpster fire guilty pleasure? Oh God. Maybe. I mean, I can add it to the list. Or yeah. Message our secretary. She's busy. <laughs> She's busy on her honeymoon, which I guess congrats, Lydia and, and Kevin. Oh, yeah. yeah. How did we? Because we, we are terrible people. We are terrible people. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't because we didn't have our secretary here to remind, to remind us. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's your fault, Lydia, that we waited until like almost the end of the show <laughs> to congratulate you on your wedding. <laughs> But yeah, like, I don't know. I just, I want nothing to do with this. No. But at the same time, like, I need to know why. Why is it that somebody, multiple somebodies at Amazon and Amazon Prime, did, did Jeff Bezos, did he like Sausage Party? Uh, maybe it's his favorite movie. I don't know. Oh. Oh. He, One of those little bits of trivia. Yeah. I don't know. He, he does kind of strike me as somebody who would like a sausage party. On that note, <laughs> that is going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens uh, before Amazon buys us out and then shuts us down. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back next week. In the meantime, check us out on social media. Tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. Any questions, comments, or concerns, then shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, from all slash both of us at The Geek Awakens. Uh, thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you next time. Uh, Matt, say bye. Bye.